Metropolis was opened because we wanted to have not only have a coffee shop for the community, but have church here every day, meaning Christians in the community come here every day for coffee and study, or um, they work from their laptop, or some of the city workers that I know that love Jesus come in here for coffee because they want to support us. And that's the connection is like church isn't once a Sunday or a midweek. It's an everyday thing. And so we need to realize that the, the church in a whole in the world of Christians, we need to come together and understand that it's not this 90 minute thing on a Sunday. It's not this, um, this midweek thing. It's an everyday thing that we need to connect with each other and we need to be real with one another. And whenever someone's struggling, whatever that may be, um, to reach out. Welcome to the Mind, Body, Soul podcast by Tony Ferrari. Today, we have a very special guest with us. His name is Stefan Snuck and he is a manager of Metro Cafe in the heart of Santa Monica, California. Today, he is here to talk with us about his spiritual journey and the role Metropolis serves in our community. Stefan, great to have you. So why Metropolis? What inspired this? Thank you for having me. Um, Metropolis is a place that is in the heart of downtown Santa Monica. Uh, Metropolis basically means uh, city center. Uh, we started almost four years ago in June, and our goal was to meet the needs of the community. And to see that was in a few different ways. We wanted a really cool place for people to hang out. Uh, we wanted a coffee shop to utilize the space during the week when the church wasn't. And um, allowing everybody and anybody come in the doors and feel welcomed from the homeless to the most wealthy in this city, that uh, we wanted to have our arms open with love and acceptance to those people. We um, started naturally a food bank about three and a half years ago after we heard some of the needs of some of the community. It was the elderly community uh, two doors down from where we're at now that we started a a food bank that we wanted to uh, impact people through food. Uh, food is a thing that we need every day uh, for nutrients and to um, keep going. We can't live without it. So we decided organically we opened up a food bank for this elderly community in our area two doors down. It's a Section 8 housing um, so it's a lot of people are in fixed incomes and things like that. So we uh, sought out different uh, organizations that we can team up with to see how we can help them in the line of food. We um, got connected with Westside Food Bank and they've been around for 30 plus years. They actually started in this building where we're at now, which is a really cool thing that it's kind of a full circle that we're kind of going back. Um, they had their board, they checked us out that we're a 501c3. 
they came to the building, checked us out, and saw the whole operations, and then agreed to add us to their list of nonprofits that uh, get food from them. We buy food from uh, Westside Food Bank at a discounted price. Uh, it's basically pennies on the dollar for per pound, and then we're able to fill a car or two cars up to bring to our building on 6th and Arizona and now give it out. And it used to be once a month on Thursdays, and now it's every Thursday. So that's really neat that um, we're able to feed more people each week. And that's kind of just um, why we started Metropolis. Uh, the church wanted um, a really cool place for uh, the community to get together, um, meet different neighbors, uh, meet different business people around, but uh, it was all about community and having our doors open and not like shunning people uh, away for uh, not being at the church or an attendee, that they were able to come during the week to the coffee shop um, and get coffee, hang out, have a meeting, whatever it may be, and meet a lot of cool new people. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like a little bit of what we do here, why Metropolis. Um, the city has uh, backed us up with so many cool little things. Um, about six and a half months ago or so, we started a, uh, a homeless feeding, and the city asked us to host the first one. And now, six months later, we're doing it every Sunday afternoon here. So that's been really cool. Now, tell us a little bit about Metro Cafe, how it works. I understand it's mostly donation-based. Yes. So we started a donation-based coffee shop initially back in June of 2016. Whenever we started our first day open, June 5th, we had prices, and we decided um, let's run with it, try with the prices, uh, we didn't even think of donation-based yet. Um, that was the thing that came in later. We saw a lot of the needs in the community, and about uh, under a year it was that we kind of had a meeting and decided, let's try something that is so against the grain of Santa Monica. Uh, growing up here most of my life, seeing all the change throughout all the years, uh, since the early 90s, seeing all that change, seeing all the tech community come in here when it wasn't here in the 90s like it is today, um, realizing that um, to help more people from the homeless to the elderly to the most wealthy people in the area, we tried donation-based out. So simply what that means is someone could come in um, if you don't have the cash flow like a lot of people do, then paying a dollar for a drip coffee covers our cost of us just making it, the electricity, the water, the labor, and the coffee and cup and everything in that comes along with that. Um, you can go to a lot of the places around and you can't get that quality of a bean for a dollar. So we decided... Um, 
if we wanted to take a chance and take a leap of faith and trust in God that we're on this path of being donation-based, that to set us apart, but not only set us apart, but to um, be willing to, to really do something that is so different. Um, we had a lot of negative uh, uh, reviews back from people, but that didn't stop us. Um, we just knew that over 95% of the people that were coming in the cafe really loved what we're doing for the community. So they backed us up and just a small percentage of people were just so against it because it puts them in a vulnerable place to pick a price. Um, we have tons of bills around here. We have an awesome location. So um, we suggest prices. Um, we buy everything that we sell. So nothing is donated to us, and um, in 2020, that's our goal is to try to team up with more brands and more companies to get stuff donated so we can give out more. We can give out more to the uh, elderly community, the homeless community, and for us to team up with so many different nonprofits to help more people. But right now, uh, we buy everything like any other coffee shop in, around us buys milk, uh, the cups to everything. So um, we have fixed prices that we need to at least match that we buy it for. Um, most people are cool with that and most of the time people get extreme deal here because you're not paying uh, five to seven dollars for a oat milk latte. You're paying, most people are pretty generous uh, most people are paying between four and six because they're so into what we're doing for the community. And that money not only helps us run, but helps us run those food banks for the elderly and the homeless community. And, um, but, you know, um, it was a leap of faith for sure to do donation-based. And that was back in October 7th of 2017, we decided to try something different. And we're still here, and it's 2020 in February, so we're like knowing that it's working for us. I'm not telling anybody and everybody to do what we're doing, because it's it's, um, it works for us, but it may not work for the next person. Um, but I encourage anybody to come and see us, um, see what we're about. We're, all the baristas were super friendly. Uh, we love to talk to you, get to know you uh, personally, and maybe uh, remember your drink by heart. So let's uh, shift the focus of our conversation and turn to spirituality. Do you consider yourself to be a spiritual person? And if so, what role does spirituality have in your life? So. I am a spiritual person. Um, I am a follower and lover of Jesus Christ. And uh, growing up in Los Angeles, seeing uh, so many people so anti-Jesus, it's interesting. But um, you see so many people turned off because of, in the past, so many Jesus people, lovers, or people that are so-called them Christians. Um, are so judgmental. Um, 
they're pointing the finger and not realizing that they have three fingers pointing back at themselves and, and realizing that whenever you're pointing someone else's flaws, they got a plank in their own eye. Um, there's scripture in the Bible that talks about um, whenever someone has a speck in their eye and you're pointing it out, whenever you have a plank in your own, um, that to me, I think in the world of Christianity, that's why so many people are turned off and push it away. Uh, for us at Metropolis and at Metro Cafe, Metro Church that meets here, that started this whole building, um, our goal was to uh, love people for who they are, no matter what they've done in their life, um, what sin they have done, whatever that may look like, um, loving for who they are today, if they come in the door today, uh, loving for who they are coming in tomorrow, knowing that um, since we are uh, a community-based business, we do have boundaries. Um, we're not allowing people that are hammered, that come in, that are homeless, or take drugs in the building, but we are lenient and um, open our doors up for everybody. And that means um, whatever background, whatever race, whatever gender, whatever it is, that our goal is to love you for who you are and uh, know that we love Jesus and we want you to understand what that looks like uh, because Jesus loved everybody and so many Christians show the opposite of basically what the Bible is talking about. We have so many people in this world that love Jesus, or they say they do, or believe that they're Christians, but all they do is judge. All they do is want to point their finger. All they do is want to um, have argue, uh, arguments with people, try to uh, sway their point across where that's not going to do anything. Having the bullhorn on the promenade, having a big sign of like you're going to hell if you don't repent, that to me, in my personal opinion, that's not showing Jesus' love to people whenever you're yelling it at them. Um, I've never been a fan of yelling at people, and I've never enjoyed when people yell at me. I, I kind of shut down, and whenever you get that, that are yelling across, um, a lot of people just shut it off and don't want to hear anything. Whenever you come in the point of love and acceptance and wanting to match and meet the person for who they are right now, that is a huge thing. Um, to not be judgmental and not to point the finger and not to be yelling at them maybe because they've messed up. Um, Jesus loves us and it's like everybody messes up in life every single day. We're not perfect uh, human race and we're not a perfect person on this world, on this earth. Um, so that's the thing is uh, 30 years ago, the pastor, Steve Snook, wanted to um, start a church in the west side whenever there wasn't really a Christian church. There was more, um, uh, you know, tra traditional, um, what is it, Catholic or a lot of the more traditional stuff. And the pastor here wanted to bring something to the west side that was very different um, against the grain from what it was back then. Um, and you can kind of see the transparent um, 
transparency from what we've been back in the day to what we are now. Um, if you walk in on a Sunday, it's going to be very different what it looks like here. Uh, we have all of the cafe tables set up. There's no pews. There's no, it's no, it's not like your traditional church. And the building doesn't look like a traditional church. So that was the goal for us to come into the modern world. And a lot of people are turned off to the traditional world of church in general, the traditional um, rules and the, the traditions of the pews, uh, the standing up, the sitting down, where we're just wanting to remove that because maybe a lot of people are frightened to come inside the building. Maybe they're frightened because they have sinned. But knowing that all of us are sinners and knowing that all of us make mistakes every single day and understand that we're all human and that's okay to make a mistake, but not dwell and live on the mistakes and to um, beat ourselves up or beat others up on their mistakes, knowing that um, this world needs a lot of love and for us to do that we need to love like Jesus, and um, a lot of Christians from the past to today don't show that enough. And Metropolis is, that's what it's all about, is showing love to people that need it. So according to a recent Gallup poll, church membership has gone down sharply in the past two decades. Um, how do you explain the success of Metropolis? It's really sad that um, the dive with people attending church that you see so many people not liking the cookie cutter um, church going every Sunday um, 90 minutes a Sunday and that's it and that's all you do once a week um, so we decided for the church to be within the community, we wanted to do the coffee shop. And the coffee shop was a way for us to have our doors open, have people come within the church building, not maybe knowing it uh, initially right away, and not trying to deceive people. That wasn't our goal. But um, having it inviting, where people feel comfortable to walk in and know that if they do have questions, if they do want prayer, if they do want counseling, we're here to do that. Um, I know that's why, especially how the coffee shop and the building has been so successful on bringing community. Um, that's a huge thing is like, people wanna feel loved and accepted and a purpose in life. And so whenever you, um, whenever from the staff down shares that and, and uh, brings that out to light, a lot of people think it's attractive. And uh, that was our goal to open this building is to want to be different from the church that is in America today or in the world today that is losing members left and right. Um, the church right now here is smaller, but it's really cool because we have a lot of people within the cafe in the past 
has come to the church on Sundays because it's a different setting. And I think moving forward from 2020 on, especially in America, because you see it in China and uh, in Philippines and a lot of these other countries, that there's millions of people gathering in smaller areas, in house churches, um, in little businesses. That's kind of like our goal of what we've wanted to do is like having little house churches instead of gathering on a mega Sunday and having a mega church and having um, a lot of the cookie cutter things and everything's timed on a Sunday and it's only 90 minutes. If you go over, then, you know, someone's in trouble or someone's going to be talked to. Um, I, I feel like whenever you have it so cookie cutter, um, there you're kind of not having a lot of room for the Holy Spirit in that. And um, we decided we're wanting to do little house churches. So this year we're starting to do that. And uh, the next eight weeks, we're starting to prep that and, and do it more like an everyday kind of life of like have a text chain of your house church. Whatever needs each day anybody has, prayer requests or money needs or whatever, that group of people are there to help no matter what. So our goal is to build those many um, communities. With those many communities, you build friends and family within those. And with the church today, a lot of people see these mega churches where um, you may find a, a crew that is smaller that you hang out with, but maybe you hang out with the same people. and Or you don't. Maybe you just go in on a Sunday and you leave and don't really say hi to anybody or know anybody. Um, so our goal is to know everybody real on a real level and to understand whenever someone's in pain or in suffering or hurting or in need, we already know because it's through text or through the weekly visits at the house churches or whatever that may look like. Um, but Metropolis was opened because we wanted to have not only have a coffee shop for the community, but have church here every day, meaning Christians in the community come here every day for coffee and study, or um, they work from their laptop, or some of the city workers that I know that love Jesus come in here for coffee because they want to support us. And that's the connection, is like church isn't once a Sunday or a midweek. It's an everyday thing. And so we need to realize that the, the church in a whole, in the world of Christians, we need to come together and understand that it's not this 90-minute thing on a Sunday. It's not this, um, this midweek thing. It's an everyday thing that we need to connect with each other and we need to be real with one another. And whenever someone's struggling, whatever that may be, um, to reach out. Absolutely. So really being there for one another and seeing church as a way of life, right? Now, I feel a lot of us out there would like to have a positive, lasting impact in the world, yet many of us don't know where to start. What do you tell people out there? How can one have an impact? I think 
ordinary people can have an impact within their just community of where they live, their workplace, and whatever they do on the weekends or for fun. Um, having the purpose and knowing that uh, life is short and to understand that to help someone out is not so hard and to realize that you're going to brighten someone else's day and make someone else smile if you do help someone else out. And I think um, realizing um, what we've done here, so many people have a smile walking in the building because we've already put that from the get-go through the staff and um, what we wanted everyone to come in the building to feel that joy and that happiness and the purpose. Um, I, I think I just encourage everybody to look at their own lives and see where can I help more people? Where can I um, maybe help out a food bank or help some homeless people or help a neighbor in need, um, help a friend in need or, or family? Um, knowing that life may be you know, 40, we may turn 40 and gone. We may be 20 and be gone off this world. We may be 80 or 100 and gone. So to realize that um, to, to take it day by day and have that joy and realize that um, people, an ordinary person, who, whatever job they have, Um, so many people uh, can make an impact and if you don't know how please come by Metropolis and we can help you figure out how to make an impact in the community we've had multiple um, people that have just come in here for coffee hear what we do for the elderly on Thursdays and I have four people every Thursday now from the coffee shop alone that are help serving giving away food away every Thursday for the elderly. So um, they probably didn't know that they were going to come in for coffee one day and now serve every Thursday. So I think I just encourage everybody to look at their own life and see where we can grow, where we can stretch ourselves in a good way, uh, where we can um, make changes, make ourselves better, and um, impact our community in a bigger way and better way because as soon as we start within our own community, a lot of people think we need to go to another community to help. We need to go um, across the border to Mexico or China or Africa. I'm not saying that I'm uh, discounting those things, but, and I love the people that have the heart for those countries and any country that people go serve uh, build homes or orphans or whatever that may be I'm not trying to discount the people that have that passion and that love for those people in different countries but um, the hard thing is sometimes we just forget about our own neighborhood and if someone wants to in listening to this podcast and wants to be um used help within your own community because you don't have to travel far to 
have an impact. You don't have to um, go away for three months to have an impact. You can do it in your workplace. You can do it in where you live. You can do it with the local parks or beaches or mountains or desert. Um, just be willing and, and wanting to make a change. So really the change, it starts at home. The change starts at home. Now, what would you say are some of the greatest challenges you have? A lot of hours are put into this place. Um, a lot of people here are kicking butt big time. And um, a lot of people don't realize that there's a lot put into a nonprofit and there's a lot of um, moving parts. And being a nonprofit, the whole building, knowing that some months we have extreme shoestring budget because of the donations the month before, um, a lot of times that makes it very difficult to run this place because um, the donations that come in, the church, the different things that we do for the community, and then the coffee shop. So I, I say that's some of the most challenging parts is, I know I hate to say is the money part. Um, and that's the big thing that I don't like pressing into people. And people ask like, oh, why do you need money? Like, do you get all this for free? And people don't realize, no, we pay for all the products and everything that kind of goes into this building. So if anybody is listening to this and wants to come by and see or wants to donate to pay for another person's coffee or to pay for more elderly people to get food or to pay for more homeless people to get food, we're welcoming all the donations. And right now, um, we're wanting to, uh, we've done it on our own for so long and we're now starting to ask others around people we know that are business owners, um, other nonprofits uh, for different ways and techniques and strategies on how to save money. And um, we're wanting to go the route of maybe some private funding um, or even public funding to make more of an impact, to help more people, to feed more people, to um, the thing that um, a lot of people don't realize is uh, to keep this build, building running, there's a lot of funds that need to be um, distributed from the electricity to the water, to the internet, to the rent, uh, to all the, the um, helping with all the volunteers, because um, we have so many volunteers helping. That's only basically that help for the food bank. So um, the cool thing is at the end of each food bank, if we have any food left over, because sometimes we have to throw it away, which is a bummer because it may expire or, um, or it's just um, maybe smashed or whatever may have you. But we try to give it away to the people that are helping into this building. So all the staff here, uh, whenever all the food is distributed and there's leftovers, it's really cool to now see that the people that are giving back to the community 
in service and handing out, they get a jar of peanut butter or a loaf of bread or whatever that is left over. And that's kind of cool that we're not saying come come volunteer and come serve and we're not going to pat you on the back and with a thank you, but we're going to pat you on the back with a thank you and maybe a loaf of bread or um, some cheese or whatever it may be. So that's kind of a cool thing that it's like a multi-level giving back. Um, giving back to the community and the homeless and the, and the elderly and giving back to everyone that's volunteering. I love it. So now let's talk a little bit about body. Do you do anything to take care of your body? How do you ensure your physical well-being? So one of my main things that I do that I should be doing more um, within my busy life is surfing. Um, it's been a passion of mine for 18, 22 years, something like that. Um, it gives me so much joy to go into the ocean, to be in God's creation, and to be thankful. Uh, very blessed to grow up in a city where I have the ocean pretty close and, uh, and have traveled up and down California and Mexico to surf. And that's one of the, the main ways that I can keep active and the body keep it going and the heart pumping and the blood flowing and just to bring in with the ocean the spiritual side of it it's really cool um, I was in college and I went to Bible college and I would surf quite a bit during Bible college and one of the things God told me is every time you're duck diving underneath the waves you're being renewed. And so that kind of gives me more purpose of going surfing, not only of it gives me peace and a stress reliever, and uh, it's good for me because it's a sport and keeping my blood flowing and heart race racing, but uh, the spiritual side of it is being renewed by him every time I duck dive. And it's, it's really cool kind of aspect. It's a kind of a double winner when I go. Because uh, I blow off steam I, when I'm stressed. <laughs> it's funny, when my wife sees that I'm stressed out of my mind, she tells me, get in the car and go to the beach and go surf. And that's a cool thing to know that I am able and very blessed to have just a car ride to the ocean and do that. Uh, another hobby and joy of mine is going hiking with the Santa Monica Mountains so close. I really enjoy being out in another way, a form of God's creation and being in the mountains. Um, there's so many amazing trails around here and we take for granted because life gets busy and we need to quit that and understand that we need to put some time away for um, some physical education, some PE and some uh, time for our body to breathe outdoors, to see the trees, the, the, the different beautiful plants and flowers and all the birds and animals out, if it's the ocean or the land. But to be a, very thankful for all that and to know that we live in a beautiful world and we have such a, 
an awesome opportunity all the time to be outside and be in his creation. So those are the two kind of big things that I uh, really, really enjoy in life is hiking and surfing. I love it. So last question, if you could go back in time and do it all over again, would you? I would totally go back and do it all over again. And I would have a little bit more wisdom and a little bit more um, idea of the things, the challenges that we've come across throughout the years. Um, I would totally do it again and have that knowledge and understand there's so many things where mountains we've had to climb where it could have been easy shortcut um, but we had to learn some challenges throughout the journey of having metropolis and knowing that i would do it all over again and understand that some of those things we won't have to do again if we open a location two in the future um, whatever that may be or relocate but yeah, I, it's, it's a big learning experience and it's a nonstop learning experience. I think knowing that in life, uh, managing the coffee shop, but in life, uh, it's an everyday learning, learning experience. And if, if we have that kind of mindset and a heart that um, if we make mistakes, we learn from it and move on and not pout or not um, sit on that, and uh, ponder on the mistake and just move on and say, okay, this is what I need to do next time not to make that mistake. Um, I would totally do this again and understand that the mistakes that I made along the way because I made plenty, because uh, I'm human and uh, didn't do everything perfectly with this coffee shop in the building, but I would totally do it all over again but with now a greater understanding of, um, of how to run the business, how to do all the orders, um, to different products, things like that, and operations. And I have a, a greater understanding for people that are in nonprofits um, that kick butt and pursue whatever nonprofit that they're in. Um, that they have such a purpose and a goal in their life working for a nonprofit. And I just encourage everybody um, to just look at themselves in their workplace and their life, see where you can grow and learn from your mistakes and move on and um, reach a point where not to hold on to things, to let things go and to really taking this life that could be extremely short or could be long. We don't know when our, our, our time is done here. But to um, have gratitude and thankful, uh, being thankful every day that we can wake up and enjoy so many cool things in this life. Absolutely. Well, Stefan, it's been great having you on the show. We appreciate your time. We look forward to having you back again. Thank you so much for everything and it was a pleasure.